Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Tuesday, October 24th, and here's what's driving the day. Some GOP presidential primary news this morning. Politico's Natalie Allison reports exclusively that Chris Christie has qualified for the next Republican debate. The former New Jersey governor says he has now surpassed the Republican National Committee's 70,000 unique donor requirement. Christie had previously met the RNC's polling requirement. Christie is now the fifth Republican candidate to qualify for the November 8th debate in Miami, along with Donald Trump, who once again says he'll be skipping the event, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley. Next up, two new political books that playbookers will want to know about are out today. The first is called Ours Was the Shining Future, The Story of the American Dream by the New York Times' David Leonhardt. The book is described as a definitive history of the modern American economy. David will be on a forthcoming episode of Playbook Deep Dive, but you can read his book starting today. And the second big political book out this morning is McKay Coppins' eagerly awaited biography of Mitt Romney. It's called Romney, A Reckoning. Politico's Michael Cruz sat down with McKay to discuss the new book in an excellent piece out this morning in Politico magazine. Check that out. And finally, of course, the speaker's race. Let's get the latest on the search for a House speaker from congressional reporter Anthony Adragna. Good morning, Anthony. Let's start with process. Take us um, through some of the important developments from Monday and lay out for us what's going to happen today and as far as you can see into the future this week. And I I realize it's hard to see, you know, sometimes more than a few hours into the future in this process, but lay it out for us. Yeah, it's been nothing but pure chaos, honestly, the last couple of weeks. But, you know, we're we're diving in for another, another go at it here. But we have eight current candidates. We're expecting an internal conference vote today. The way that their rules work means that they'll vote and the person who gets the least number of votes each round gets dropped. So we could see up to seven rounds of voting today. It could make for a very long day. Everything takes longer in-house internal politics than you might think. So this could really go on for quite a while. But this is important because this offers the opportunity for House Republicans to coalesce around a particular candidate. I think anybody who tells you who that person's going to be uh, going into today uh, would be lying. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, but that's been kind of the staple of this process the last couple of weeks. Another staple of the process has been longtime Republican leaders sort of climbing up this hill only to be picked off one by one and come tumbling down, whether it's McCarthy or Scalise or Jordan. And the latest to try and make this ascent, at least in terms of existing GOP leaders, is Majority Whip Tom Emmer. And so there's been a lot of focus on Emmer the last few days. And much of the focus over the weekend and yesterday was about his relationship with Donald Trump, who seems not to like Emmer all that much. What has Emmer done to deal with the Trump factor? And if you can expand it beyond Emmer, how do you see Trump's role in this process? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, the former president came in pretty early for Jim Jordan uh, when he was the speaker designee before he was a speaker designee, I should say. And obviously that wasn't decisive, but obviously Tom Emmer is somebody who has enormous distrust, if you will, among Trump world. 
And so they've been trying to shore that up, obviously, because you, you're going to need that support to win the House Republican Conference, which obviously there's a lot of support for the former president within that, you know, the ranks of those members. So, you know, he made a call to Congressman Emmer over the weekend. Congressman Emmer was not the only one who received a call. Our colleagues have reported, but certainly that was an effort to try to shore up the ranks here and, you know, reiterate his Trump bona fides, if you will. And I, I think we're we're going to have to see how much weight that carries. Uh, obviously, I think Congressman Emmer is going to enjoy pretty strong support among the more moderate members of this uh, House Republican conference. But I think the question becomes whether or not he can unite kind of conservatives around his candidacy. And that kind of remains the question as we go into today's round of voting. Um, but certainly there's been a, a really concerted effort among his allies and, you know, his office to uh, shore up his Trump credentials going into this vote, uh, something you're going to need to uh, be able to win the speakership among House Republicans. And finally, Anthony, the other wild card here is the Democrats. They've been watching this sometimes gleefully, sometimes in horror. What do you see their role going forward and what are they waiting for in terms of trying to make a move to reach out and negotiate some kind of bipartisan deal over a Speaker McHenry or, or someone, someone else? What's the state of the Democrats and their thinking right now? Well, I, I really think in many ways the Democrats are the ones to watch this week. They have been very intentional about withholding their fire, their, you know, their support for any particular plan up until this point, even as this process has gone on for weeks at this point. But I think, you know, especially depending on how things go with today's vote and then, you know, potentially on a floor vote after that, uh, they may end up being decisive here. And there's certainly enough discontent within Republican ranks, frustration with how the process has played out, the fact it's still going on. There may be enough appetite to actually, you know, sell enough people on the idea of a bipartisan coalition governance of sort. The details there are going to matter quite a bit. But the fact that we are now three weeks into without having a speaker is, you know, we're obviously in unprecedented territory. And so I think Democrats, you know, they've been very intentional about withholding their fire up until this point. But I think they, you know, potentially could make the difference here in, in terms of uh, an outcome. And that's something to watch as this week goes on, particularly if Republicans struggle to coalesce around somebody today during the rounds of voting. And, you know, even if they do, we're going to have to wait and see, you know, what the what the discontent looks like. People that may not unite around whoever that candidate is around on the floor, uh, obviously, with only four votes or so to spare, uh, they cannot spare hardly anybody. So Democrats may be able to play a pretty critical role, even if uh, Republicans are able to unite somewhat easily around somebody today. And I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. Anthony, thank you very much for breaking this all down for us this morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are in. Over at the White House, President Biden will award the National Medal of Science and the National Medal of Technology and Innovation in the morning. Later, Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will welcome Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and partner Jody Hayden to the White House. And don't miss Politico's event discussing microchips, fabs, feds, and the future of the industry. It starts at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, and you can still register to attend virtually on politico.com. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening.